You're listening to the Online Tutor Business Podcast, where I help tutors get found, hired, and referred. Episode number 23. Now, last week, we started chatting about the book, The Magic of Thinking Big. This week, I've invited Suzanne Davis to join me to chat about the failure disease. And one thing we uncovered was that we often underestimate our own brain power while overestimating the other tutor's brain power. And when we compare ourselves to other tutors, we naturally think it's easier for them and that they are better at this than we are. But what if that other person is just as nervous as you? It doesn't do us any good to compare. So tune in as Suzanne and I share our thoughts. Hi, I'm Joanne Kaminsky, and with 10 years experience tutoring online, I've made over a half a million dollars. And today, I help other tutors get similar results or better. In this podcast, you're going to be inspired by other tutors stepping into this journey and getting results. You'll learn strategies you can apply to your business, stop feeling alone in the process, and make more money so that you can feel amazing every time you have an aha moment with one of your students. This is the Online Tutor Business Podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. So glad that you guys can join us. Uh, we have a really exciting day today because I've got our wonderful uh, coach here, Suzanne Davis. She has been with our community like forever and a day. And she is, she constantly keeps coming up in, um, um, in, in searches for her blogging that she does, for uh, advertising her online tutoring business. And she is just a, a blessing just to have inside of our community. And so I just want to be able to introduce you guys to Suzanne Davis. Let's see if we can get her audio to work. Hello, Suzanne. Hello. Thank you for having me, Joe. I'm excited. <laughs> I know, me too. I love when I can like look at the camera when I'm like being able to like start off our, our conversations, but I had to like get her audio working first. I've now mastered it. Are, are you impressed, Suzanne? I am very impressed. <laughs> and we're excited today because today is day one. We open the doors to the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business masterclass. Woo -woo. So I'm so, so excited. If you guys didn't get to see the last video yet, our wonderful uh, Beth is going to throw a link on there so that you guys can see it. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the magic of thinking big. Now, the reason why this is so pivotal and so important is because a lot of us will use excuses as reasons why to not move forward with something. And so the title of this chapter is Cure Yourself of Excusitis, the Failure Disease. Wow. He just like really starts this off like just like boom. If you're using excuses as your reasons for not moving forward, then you're going to stop yourself from being able to get the success that you want. He says that when you study people, who, stud who apply like the success principles in their life, 
you're going to find that they are more successful and they're less inclined to make excuses. And he talks about victim mentality. And some of us will, will use this victim mentality. He says, I'm not doing as well as I should. What can I use as an alibi that will help me save face? Let's see, poor health, lack of education, too old, too young, bad luck, personal misfortune, wife, the way my family brought me up. <laughs> and oh I think, goodness. I know, right? It's just like, okay, let's just throw it all inside of our face, right? And yeah. These are all the reasons that we kind of make for ourselves for not moving forward, for not taking the action that we want to be able to take. When I mentioned those those four things, what what kind of like went through your brain as I said that? Um, well, as you kept going, I felt like, oh, my gosh, how horrible this person is that's making all these excuses, especially when you get to blaming your your wife or blaming your family and just that gut reaction of I don't want to be that. Right. I, I do not want to be that kind of person. I don't want people to perceive me like that. Right. Um, it must be miserable. <laughs> you know, it would be. Yes. Yeah. But and actually, it isn't very miserable at all. See, because it's everybody else's fault, Suzanne. And when it's everybody else's fault, I don't have to take responsibility. Yeah. But how does that come across to other people? How do other people feel For about sure. you blaming them? You know? Oh, Yo, yeah, well, usually these kinds of people, I don't think that they blame them outright, like, to their face. I think they do it behind their back. Oh, yeah. You know, like, how many times has somebody said, oh, well, you know, my parents raised me like this or, you know, and they're little mm -hmm. things and we don't even think we're being negative, but... Right. And I think that's where it sneaks in, right? Like, I don't think it's, it's, it's like an outright, like, like uh, country music, I guess, is the first thing that comes to my mind. You, uh, I like that song that goes backwards. You get your dog back. You get your wife back. You get your <laughs> car back. <laughs> right? like, country like, like country music, you lose everything. Like it's all like like super sad stuff. Okay, I'm sorry if you guys are are, are country fans, but um, it it is that ability just to kind of be like, okay, everything is everybody else's fault but mine. It's so much easier yeah. to kind of take that route. I think the harder higher road is a lot harder to take when. Matt was thinking the same thing. Awesome. <laughs> the higher road is harder to take when we step outside of that and we're like, okay, what is it that I can change? What is it that I can do? What should I be doing better? What should I change? All that kind of stuff. Um, it's not the easier road to take, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He says, um, so he's got uh, four of most common forms of excusitis. My health isn't good. And I think right. he says, uh, there's something physically wrong with everybody. And I found that, you know, just that comment in and of itself, very interesting. He says, many surrender in whole or in part to health excusitis, but success thinking people do not. And I did start off becoming an online tutor with health issues. I had a pain in my side, took me out of the teaching world, um, like as the day would go on, my pain in my side would get worse and worse and worse. It just would go um, it, it got to the point where like at the end of the day, I couldn't even be standing up. I had to be laying down yeah. and I knew that I wanted something different in my life, that this was not what I wanted. I knew the job wasn't what I wanted at that point in time. And I knew that the pain that I was suffering from, I didn't want at that point in time. And I kept focusing on what it is that I wanted. Now I know you've also suffered from some, some health issues as well. 
Uh, yes, I've had epilepsy since I was five. Wow. Um, and the thing about having epilepsy going through school, people expected my health to be um, limiting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, well, you know, you, you really don't need to worry about that. You know, they were making excuses for me because of my health. And, you know, it's, I think it's something that a lot of people do when they hear a, that somebody has a certain type of yeah. medical condition or a certain yeah. type, you know, they make this judgment. And um, so it's almost like I always felt like the health excusitis was made was other people how other people saw me not so much how i saw myself oh i love that because i hated that label i mean i really did i mean being told like oh you don't have to worry about college no don't you know just 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 do okay yeah it it always was something i kind of had to rail against and i used one of the the things that um, that he recommends, and it's the one about always being able to see, be grateful for what you do have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes, I have epilepsy, but I am well controlled. I am able to get treatment. I am able to live my life really well. You know, maybe right. I won't ever be in the Peace Corps. I mean. It, it, they wouldn't accept me, but I can do other things that fulfill my life. Like I could do AmeriCorps, you know, I can mm-hmm. live a completely full life. And I'm always grateful for that. Um, you know, and, and you haven't used your health as a reason why not to start your online tutoring business either. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> and, it never even occurred to me. Right, right, right. So, so this is the difference between successful people and and people that are struggling with this form of excusitis is that it's it's so hard, you know, for some people to realize that not everybody complains about their ailments that they have. Right. And so yeah. uh, for me, it was like, hey, this is a great way for me to be a stay at home mom and to be able to still do what I love. And so I want to move forward with it. So like online tutoring was like a gateway to me. Like I knew that I wouldn't have to deal with the bureaucracy anymore and politics of the school system. And and I could be able to teach kids the way that I wanted to. So that's really, really cool. So I love it. Um, Abby was wondering, I'm just going to give a shout out to Beth, who's like amazing. Abby, um, Beth actually left a link. If you go a couple... uh, comments up she actually left a link to where can you go to be able to learn more about the insiders uh, to learn more about the jumpstart your online tutoring uh, program so if you click on that you'll be able to grab it and Beth if you could just like put that link on in there again um, that would be fantastic Um, we do have a free video series for uh, Sherry who is wondering if she can uh, sign up um, we have a free four video video series and I have my YouTube channel. Those are all free tools and things that you can access. I do believe in having a free model. I also believe in having a paid model. That paid model is um, if people decide to go through the Jumpstart course, it's called the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business Masterclass, where we personally hold your hand as you walk through the steps of building your business. Um, And that is our paid course. So if that's something that you're interested in learning more about, you can click on that link as well. But I think, you know, when it comes to this, he had given in the book, he had given advice to a man who had like a heart condition 
and he's like, hey, first, here, here's the here's all the advice I would give you. First, I'd say visit the finest heart specialist that you can find and accept his diagnosis as final. Like, just be done with it, right? Like, whatever he yeah. says. Because people will go from, like, doctor to doctor. Second thing he says is read Schindler's great book, How to Live 365 Days a Year. Now, I thought this was interesting. Like, okay, so he's got a book suggestion for him and why. Well, he says that one, he says three out of every four hospital beds are occupied by people who have EII, emotionally induced illnesses. So imagine three out of four people who are sick right now would be well if they had learned how to handle their emotions. That's incredible. Like, uh, mind-blowing. Third, he said, I'd resolve to live until I die because some people are living like they're dead, right? Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing he says is, was there another one? He said, uh, on the thought of third, I'd resolve to live to die. I'm going to live until I die, and I'm not going to get life and death confused. While I'm on this earth, I'm going to live. Why only be half alive? Yeah. Which is, is really pivotal. What are your thoughts about that advice that he gave this person? Um, well, the first piece, you know, that yes, find the finest doctor and, and just let it be settled because otherwise it is going on in your mind. Um, I don't know that I, I fully bought into that idea that three out of four people in a hospital bed suffer from something emotional. Like that just mm-hmm. seemed off to me, especially thinking about nowadays. Um, but the general idea of not living half a life you know, not letting whatever your condition is lead half a life just really resonated with me. Um, because you see, you know, like you see with the Paralympics, you know, there's an example of athletes who, you know, are achieving great things in sports. They are yes. athletes, but they have a disability, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not something that limits them, you know, and yeah. I think that's, that's incredible. That's not living your life, half a life. Right. Right. It, and, and, and it's really, really awesome. So he says there's four things you can do to kind of lick health excusitis. One, refuse to talk about your health. Uh, one, doesn't get respect and loyalty by being a chronic complainer. Uh, two, refuse to worry about your health. Three, be genuinely grateful that your health is as good as it is. And four, Remind yourself often that it's better to wear out than rust out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I agree with all of those. Um, the wear out instead of rust out one is something that I, you know, growing up, I always heard people say, hold back. You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear yourself out. And Me so that's too. something that people will say, I think, to other people very often. And I'm like, no, I can keep pushing this. I can keep pushing this, you know. Oh, so this is like success mindset too. I had that same advice from people. Like, oh my gosh, Joanne, if you keep going at the rate that you're going, you are going to burn out. You're going to wear out. You're going to, you know, whatever words they they chose to use. Like, you can't go at this pace forever, Joanne. And it's like, but this is my pace. This is the pace that I go. Like, I don't. I wouldn't know how to slow down. Right. 
I wouldn't know how to stop doing things. <laughs> it would be so weird. I'd be bored out of my mind. Right, right. And I like on the weekends even, I have to like, I have to actually train myself to be like, okay, you need to put some stuff aside right now and you just need to be like, relax. And yeah. learning how to do that has really saved me, I would say, like in my online tutoring business and with helping other tutors and, and coaches and all of that kind of stuff just because I can be such a go, 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 go kind of person. Yeah. For sure. All right. So the second um, excuse that people make is like they're not smart enough. We hear this all the time. Um, and number two is, but you've got to have brains to succeed. Not many people will admit openly that they think that they have, they lack adequate intelligence. But I kind of hear it in different ways with online tutors all the time. I hear things like, well, I didn't go to school to become a teacher. So I hear like, I hear those kinds of things kind of that way, right? So I'll like, it's almost like I, I'm not as smart as somebody who went to school to be a teacher. Or I don't have the experience of somebody who you know, kinds of things. And it's like, honestly, if you have a passion to be able to teach kids online and that is like your goal, you're going to seek out the things that are going to make you better at doing that so that you can succeed at that goal. What yeah. do you think? Absolutely. Um, I, th I believe that you can learn anything that you want to be able to do with teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I figure, you know, it may take you longer, mm -hmm. you know, you may have to seek out more resources, you may have to, you know, read more, do a little bit more with learning from other tutors and other teachers. But mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that people can learn it in order to really be able to teach it. And by doing it, you get better and better at it. Mm -hmm. So I don't see where um, people's natural intelligence that they perceive is is low like they they may perceive i think in there he has that um don't underestimate your intelligence yep he says we underestimate our own brain power yeah and don't overestimate the other fellow's brain power right you know and so i think there's a lot of underestimating that mm -hmm. people do mm -hmm. um, and what i liked was he talked about Oh, I wrote down the quote. It was something about what's most important is how you think about something. What was the exact quote? Um, of course, now I'm two chapters ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Well, while you're looking, I see a huge notebook. <laughs> Look at that. I know, right? There's so much like good stuff inside of here. And um, uh, Beth said. Uh, another thing that people will say, too, is, like, I'm not qualified, which is not right. accurate or helpful, typically. And Ramona said, or I'm not good enough, lack of, like, self-confidence, right? Like, mm -hmm. other people will be better than me. We almost, like, sell ourselves short from what we're capable of. Exactly. Um, well, with the qualifications, like... There's plenty of people who succeed in any field that may not have the same level of qualifications as somebody else that works at the same company, mm -hmm. you know, but it's that idea of they know people and they study people, you know, and with teaching, really, you can learn anything, but it's also knowing people too, mm -hmm. you know, 
being able to know your students, to know what's working. And, and you do that by just saying, okay, maybe I don't fully believe in myself yet, but I'm going to do it. And by doing it, I am going to reach that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he fully says, believing you're capable of learning it too. Well, right. I mean, that's half of it, right? Like know that you are capable of learning it. The amount of time that it takes you to learn it doesn't make you smarter or dumber than somebody else. It's are you willing yeah. to stick with it to learn it that is going to make you stand out from everybody else. So it's more about grit than it is about intelligence in my own mind. Because if I'm willing to stick with something until I learn it, amazing things are going to happen. So he says, with a positive, optimistic, and cooperative attitude, a person with an IQ of 100 will earn more money, win more respect, and achieve more success than a negative, pessimistic, uncooperative individual with an IQ of 120. So your IQ has nothing to do with it at the end of the day. It just no. gives you either that upper hand and how long will it take you to learn something versus somebody else, right? It's like that that's the only thing. It doesn't mean you can't learn it. I just had a student, um, a parent just uh, messaged me yesterday. It was so amazing. Um, she was the very first student I worked with 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. She is now, a, she is now going to be a senior. And her mom said, I just wanted to give you a, a huge shout out because um, my daughter just finished. Um, and even though she has dyslexia, you set her off onto a path of success. And she now has a 3.7 going into her senior year. Oh, my goodness. Something that, you know, this this parent wasn't sure if... You know, that would be her story, right? She she was like, look, I'm going to get all the help that I can for her, um, but I don't know what her story is going to be. And she was willing to accept whatever her story was going to be and support her along the path. But now to see that she's, you know, succeeding so well, um, this little girl never let, you know, the, well, I don't read as well as the other kids stop her from her own success. Which is it's just absolutely incredible. I love it. That's fantastic. I, don't you think that, yeah. um, I think our enthusiasm sells ourselves. He says here, Phil was 100% positive. Phil could inspire others when they felt low. Phil was enthusiastic. He generated enthusiasm. Phil understood people. And because he could really see what made them tick, he liked them. Yes. I think people hire us because of our enthusiasm. Yes, and I think they hire us also because we genuinely like our students. You mm -hmm. know, I don't think parents hire anybody who doesn't like their students. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that liking and wanting to help them and further them on their journey is something that if you have enthusiasm for, that comes through. And it makes it such a big difference in that student's life. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you, Lynn. Yes, that is exactly why we teach, right? We teach because we know we can make a difference in, in kids' lives. Like the little girl example that I, I gave you guys, like 3.7 for a dyslexic. You know, some people would be like, that's an impossible dream, right? But yeah. she made it possible. She did it. And uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. Like it doesn't matter, you know, what your story is when it goes into anything, whether it's your online tutoring business, whether it's your, you know, your 
your learning capability. The more grit you have, the more ability you will have. Sometimes I tell my students, I'm like, you know what? Like, I love when I get to work with, with kids just like you because you actually have more of an opportunity to be successful in life than kids that, you know, they come off like everything's like super easy for them. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the most important gift that you are ever going to be given is grit. And that's your ability to stick with it even when it's hard. See, smart kids, they don't always do that. They just assume that everything's going to be easy. And when it's not easy, then they get frustrated, they give up. But kids that struggle all the time, they develop this thing called grit. And, and they know what it means to have to work hard to be able to get the results that they want. That doesn't always happen for kids that are super smart. What do you think? Well, I think definitely for those that that have to overcome things and they have that grit, um, they really do. But I do think there's smart kids that just have that grit too. I mean, um, but there are right, yeah. like like they come home, they have like a routine, right? They do they do their homework, they do what they're supposed to do. And I, I've witnessed that with my own my own kids, but I've also witnessed their ability to get frustrated easier and give up compared to some of these other other kids that are struggling all the time. Well, yeah, I do remember seeing that with others, other people when I was in college and grad mm -hmm. school. You know, um, I do remember seeing that and and then being devastated, you know, if something doesn't happen with the exact grade that they want or, mm -hmm. or those things. But mm -hmm. He says that the difference between the very successful and the very unsuccessful is reduced to differences in attitudes, difference in thought management. Einstein once said, how many feet are in a mile? Einstein's reply was, I don't know. Why should I fill my brain with facts I can find in two minutes in any standard reference book? Yeah. Einstein <laughs> taught us a big lesson. He says he felt it was more important to use your mind to think than to use it as a warehouse for facts. Yeah, you can look up anything just about, you know, well, like trivia things you know, mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But um, having to really be able to think outside the box and like think through a problem in a situation is a whole different thing than that memorization. It really is. It really is. It's really fun too, to develop that inside of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, to stop them from having to memorize everything. Like I always, I always have kids that are struggling with comprehension, right? Remembering what they're reading, especially with the nonfiction books. And so it's like, look, nobody expects you to memorize everything, but here's how you can become a better reader. You can be taking notes while you're reading. You can go back. You can ask questions. You can answer those questions. These are the actual strategies that you need to take to remember more information. But what's even more important is if you don't know the answer, knowing where to go back to find the answer. Yeah. Because it would be really horrible if you had to go back to the beginning of the book and start reading it all over again to find the answer. <laughs> big, big waste of time. Big waste of time. So there's three ways, you guys, he says, to cure intelligence excusitis. One, never underestimate your own intelligence and never overestimate the intelligence of others. Two, remind yourself several times daily, my attitudes are more important than my intelligence. 
And three, remember that the ability to think is of much greater value than the ability to memorize facts. Use your mind to create and develop ideas to find new and better ways to do things. Uh, so the third, the third thing that people have is age excusitis. I'm too old or I'm too young. And he says here, you know, age excusitis can be cured as well. It's one's attitudes toward age that make it a blessing or a barricade. Um, being, I'm too young is is you know a lot of people. I, I've heard some people say. Oh, but I'm so young. Like, will people really respect me or think that I can do a good enough job? And I've had the opposite of people say, like, well, people might think I'm too old or they might not think that I'm good looking enough to work with their child online. Like, they actually use, like, what they look like as a reason why people wouldn't want to work with them versus realizing that what they look like actually gives wisdom to them and and a whole nother set of things that people are attracted to versus their age what are your thoughts um well yeah definitely i think um i think we see age very differently than the other people looking at us see mm -hmm. age you know um they're they're seeing how much you care about their child they're seeing how you teach your child their child mm -hmm. they're they're not seeing oh my gosh, you know, oh, she's kind of old to be doing this, isn't she? You know, is she really able to do this? Or, oh, she's too young. She can't be able to teach, you know. And mm -hmm. On both ends, you know, I, I think I've felt it when I was younger, when I was teaching it a lot, when I first went into teaching, because I thought they're not going to think I'm experienced enough. Mm -hmm. um, now, because I'm older, it's not so much that I think I'm too old to to do my work or to have um, have anything like that. But I think that the idea of change in work is something that sometimes people use age for. And I liked the example he gave of his brother-in-law mm -hmm. who wanted to change his career to... Um, to become a minister, mm -hmm. you know, but was thinking, oh, I'm too old to do that. And then that idea of breaking down, well, how long do you think a lifespan is, mm -hmm. you know? And I think he was, what, was he like 40 or 50? I mean, he wasn't that mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. And he said, so how many years do you think you have that you can still be doing this and be productive and fulfilling it? And I thought that's, that's really good for those of us when we think of that change in career mm -hmm. or starting a new business, mm -hmm. um, those types of things. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And the last kind of excusitis he has is uh, luck excusitis, right? Like only those that are lucky can be uh, successful. But he says, look, here's how we can combat luck excusitis. He says, it's preparation, planning, and success-producing thinking, right? Mr. Success receives a setback. He learns and profits. But when Mr. Mediocre loses, he fails to learn. And number two, he says, don't be a wishful thinker. Success comes from doing those things and mastering those principles that produce success. So don't count on luck. 
Um, develop those qualities in yourself and you are going to be a winner. And that's exactly what we're trying to help you guys all do inside of the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business Masterclass. Doors open today. So if you're interested in being able to learn the successful strategies that successful online tutors are putting into practice, be guided by amazing tutors um, who are also coaches like Suzanne, uh, then you definitely want to be able to come and join us inside of that program. The doors will close on Friday and the first five people that sign up get a 30-minute one-on-one session with me where I can take any little aspect of your business and I can help you turn it around. Or if you just want to chat, get to know me, ask questions, you can do that as well. So I'm, I'm really excited for opening up the doors here and I can't wait to start welcoming people on inside. How about you, Suzanne? I know, yes, I am excited. <laughs> Especially so, now, the summer is such a great time to be preparing and, and doing. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't let the summer fly by without being able to get your business set up with all the right pieces. Even if you've started before um, with getting the pieces in place, learn how you can put the pieces in place even better. So thanks for joining us yeah. today, you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see all of you soon. Bye, everyone. Did you know that the online tutoring industry is a one billion dollar industry and that it is projected to grow to 112 billion dollars over the next five years according to Technavio. Now I believe that to succeed in this business as individual tutors we need to stand together and unite which is why I have created the largest community of online tutors helping each other on Facebook. I'd like to invite you to join our free group, the ultimate support group for online tutors. I want to help you get found, hired, and referred so that you don't have to compete with other tutors, but instead can collaborate and grow so that you can help students all over the world and have the freedom and flexibility to allow you to do what you love. In fact, I want you to feel amazing every time you have a light bulb moment with your students. I want you to have so many light bulb moments that you light up an entire city. All you need to do is go to Facebook, type in Ultimate Support Group for Online Tutors, and hit join. What are you waiting for? Join today.